Hi, I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV News Check. And this week I'm with Steve Lanzano, the president and CEO of TVB. And we are Talking TV. Talking TV is made possible by Making the Media, a podcast from Avid exploring the forces that shape the media, news, and entertainment business. The latest episode features Avid's Craig Wilson interviewing Adam Weiner, Executive Vice President and General Manager of CBS Digital Local Media. They discuss why digital is so critical to Viacom CBS's strategy for the future. They also talk about how they want to use the value of local news to help the fight against the streaming giants like Netflix. They look at the way CBS is retraining staff to deal with the digital present and future and what CBS's plans are for moving to more cloud-based working. Making the Media is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and other podcast platforms. Hi, Michael. How are you? Hello, Steve. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. I am very glad to have you and to have this discussion about advertising today. Um, Lots to talk about, and so, I, I want to- gone on over the past year and a half, so. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Um, so I want to start right off with um, the fact that advertising revenues for local TV have declined from about 26 billion in 2006 to less than 12 billion today, while retrans revenues have grown from nothing to more than 12 billion in 2020. I'm wondering first, did TV stations miss an opportunity to maintain existing ad revenues while building the retrans consent fee stream in recent years? I don't think so. I mean, here's the bottom line. The numbers I have is that we usually stay around 21 billion in terms of advertising and another 10 to 12 billion in terms of retrans uh, uh, on a political year. And then we're down to anywhere between 17 and $18 billion. Uh, in a non-political year. And last year, of course, was just an anomaly altogether. But I, I don't think so. I mean, the, the, you know, if you look at the progression of, of uh, revenue for the stations, when I first got here 12 years ago, essentially we only had advertising revenue, right? And then all of a sudden retransmission, you know, exploded and, as it, and continues to grow. Uh, even now, you know, 10, 12 years later from when it's first started. And now we're getting more and more revenue and the stations are being more aggressive in terms of over the top and digital revenue. And then we have next gen TV down the road, which provides revenue in a variety of areas from data casting to, to advertising, to advanced advertising, to interactivity. So, you know, we went from basically one revenue source to four revenue sources. Uh, which is pretty good, right? You don't want to be in a business where you have one revenue source because that can be dangerous. Now we have four and are going to have a fourth very strong revenue source moving forward. Now regarding retrans, I don't think so. I mean, we've had categories that have exploded. When I first started, you know, God bless lawyers, the legal category was non-existent. Now it's a top two or three category. Right. And of course, this year we saw the explosion in sports betting and yeah. gaming, which is continuing. And, you know, we've made uh, a lot of inroads now are back making inroads in terms of um, in terms of automotive insurance advertising, which was never a huge category, but it's now picking up package goods. So, 
I don't think we've, they, we're always looking for new advertisers. And that's one of the things we do at the TVB with our business development team is finding new categories and finding new advertisers, both on a national level and on a local level. So I don't think we missed the boat at all. You know, I just think it's the vagaries of advertising, but we've been able to expand the amount of advertisers, new advertisers and new categories over the past several years. And I think there are probably other categories that, you know, we haven't even uh, thought of yet or haven't even come into fruition yet that are gonna explode. So is that the best strategy then for reclaiming the lost ad revenue, finding those new categories that, that didn't exist years ago? You all, yeah, you always have to find organic growth within your current advertisers. Uh, and then you have to go out and you have to always continue to find new advertisers to keep the pipeline going um, and give you new lifeblood into your revenue source. And so that's what we've been focused on at the TVB. Our mission is very simple, drive more dollars to local broadcast TV stations. And, and clearly that's what the stations are focused on. So multi-platform campaigns, the ability to buy and sell them in spot TV are a priority now for many agencies and station groups. How often are buyers and sellers able to execute them effectively today without having to loop in buyers and sellers in separate silos like linear and digital? Michael, that's a great question. I mean, on the, on the earlier, when you know, we first really started getting into the, uh, when we first started getting into um, more digital uh, and then got into OTT, uh, you know, some station groups had a digital group, some station groups sold everything within their current sales or quote unquote linear group. More and more of the stations have found out that the really the way to sell this is really with one salesperson uh, working with a specific advertiser and being able to sell all the assets of the station. In some places, in some agencies, um, you can work with one person, but it's still in the, in the majority of agencies where there's still this um, silo mentality where there is this, uh, you know, everybody's looking to keep their own turf. So you have to deal with one person on linear and one person on digital. Quite, quite honestly, that's not, I think, the ideal, but that's what we have to deal with. So well, in terms of your original question on cross-platform, it's growing, um, but there are still, quite frankly, there are still some issues that uh, in terms of working or the way we work, I should say, and processes that are holding it back a little bit. And quite frankly, you know, we've moved to impression or we are moving to impression-based buying and most of the agencies have moved in that direction and are transacting on impressions-based because having ratings on one side and transacting on impressions on the other side obviously doesn't make for a good case in terms of doing cross-platform. Well, so that was one of the impetuses for the impression moving to impression-based selling. Okay, but, but back to the silos for a second. If the silos are still an issue on the buy and the sell side, why is this so? And and when do you see those silos breaking down to allow for some more efficiency in this yeah, process? I think it's less so on the on the quite frankly on the selling side. I mean, it, I think most of the stations essentially are using one sales group to sell all of their assets. It's really more on the buying side. It's a turf war. I'm the former agency guy, right? And you know, from 13 years ago, and there was always a turf war, even back then, when digital was still in its infancy, in terms of who owned digital, who owned linear, and then 
on the digital side, they wanted to sell video, but they didn't want to sell, you know, linear video. And the linear video people wanted to sell digital video. So there is this inherent um, tug of war. Or shall we call it stubborn persistence? Well, stubborn persistence may be a, a better phrase. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tug of war and that's still happening on the agency side. I think more and more you're seeing that the uh, linear buyers are doing more and more buying of the uh, digital video. And I think that's where it's gonna end up. But clearly there's still a tug of war on the agency side. And it's hard quite frankly, because staying up to date on all the changes that's happening in digital, especially digital video, it's very difficult for any one person to do. So you really need that back end area to provide you that information and have the research, et cetera, to keep you smarter. So audience segmentation is an increasingly important goal for local TV advertising buyers and sellers, yet TV stations don't currently have access to client data or agency data on consumers and their likelihood to buy. <clears throat> so will station sellers be at a disadvantage if they can't gain access to the data that clients and their agencies are using to target campaigns in the future? I don't believe so. You know, I think we're still in uh, the genesis on the local side in terms of using data and doing more buying on a behavioral versus a, an agent demo basis. Um, but the bottom line is that the agencies all have their, I call it their secret sauce, right? They, what they're doing in terms of understanding the buyer behavior of a specific target or on a specific product and who that and where they can reach that specific person. Okay, so the bottom line is that um, what we need to move to and which some of the national advertisers have moved to is total audience selling, right? So we need to move to selling on 18 plus audience because if you're gonna be looking at a buyer, you don't care where they are, you don't care what their age is, you don't care what their income is. If they're in the in the in market for your product or service, the bottom line is you want to reach that person. So opening it up to 18 plus opens up a target 55 to 64 and 55 plus, which number one is the fastest growing segment, and number two is the most is the wealthiest segment and has the most disposable income and is not as brand loyal as people think they are. So they need to be advertised to. So we're seeing more and more agencies talking about moving to this 18 plus target because they have all the data. You're absolutely right. They have all the first party data. Um, and with cookies going away, it's going to be more important, obviously, first party data. So they have all that data. So they'll do all their mechanizations behind the scene. What we need to be able to sell them is a total audience based demo that allows them to reach each and every one of the people that they want to reach based on whatever behavior targeting they're doing. Well, how big of an investment will stations need to make in order to get access to that important data? It's, it's expensive. I mean, it's expensive data. It's also getting access uh, on a privacy basis, getting first party data access to it. So it's not as easy as you think. There are obviously uh, uh, other data out there, third-party data you can get access to, syndicated data you can get access to, and we can use that uh, to help us make the case in terms of why they should be advertising on local broadcast TV stations, both their linear and digital product. Um, but the first-party data, and is it even a fight between the agencies and the advertisers on who owns that data, mm -hmm. right? And, and so there's that fight going on. So 
for us to get into that business is probably very expensive. And I'm not sure that we're going to need to get into that business right now. The agencies are doing, each of them have their own. I mean, that's what they do on the new business pitches. This is why our system is better than the next system in terms of providing greater targeting. Okay. And we can't get access to that. So what we can only do is sell them an 18 plus audience and they'll do all the work behind the scenes in terms of who they want to reach and where they want to reach. Let's talk about audience measurement. Um, it's a constant challenge for local TV, particularly on the sell side, um, where as uh, Graham Media CEO Emily Barr put it a year ago, stations are selling ads based on a 30-day Nielsen ratings average, but they're posting the buys based on quarter hour ratings. Yep. Um, Impressions-based selling is one way out of this dilemma, but many agencies are still posting on ratings at the request of their clients. So what's the solution here? Well, I, I think number one, is I think there's a lot of things going on in this area right now, and I'll get to one area in a second. But the bottom line is the station, the agencies all want to move to, all of them want to move to impression-based buying. We're providing them the, in fact, for three of the big agencies, we've built customized software for them that allows them to toggle between moving from ratings to impressions and impressions to ratings. On the national side, right, they, they buy off impressions. They may post off a rating, but they buy off impressions. What we're saying is you continue, you can continue to plan on ratings, but you can also buy on impressions. Impressions, all it is is accumulation of the number of people watching a show divided by a universe. That's all it is. So it allows them to, to use the, and have the advantage of buying on impressions while if a client still wants to, and it's really based on the auditors, quite frankly, whether they want them to continue to uh, post off of rating points. But what it allows them to do is to buy off impressions now, provides them a, a, a variety of advantages, buying you know, spot, spots on television shows that may not get a rating, but may have an, a hidden impression audience that you get off of impressions. You know, an audience rating, you know, might be a 0.5, but in one case that might be a million people. And in another case, the 0.5 would still be 700,000 people. So again, you're, there's 300,000 people then that you're not including. So there are, the agencies see the advantage of buying impressions. They wanna move to impressions. Unfortunately, the pandemic essentially delayed that movement and getting their systems in place to do that. We've done all we could in terms of providing them with software to allow them to do that. So we're, everybody's moving in the, in the right direction. It's just taken a little bit longer than we expected because of the pandemic. Let's move on to NextGen TV, which you alluded to earlier. Um, it offers TV stations the ability to sell targeted advertising in a way that they can't currently. It also brings station groups access to audience data that they don't currently have. How soon will stations be able to offer advertisers next-gen TV targeted advertising in 70% of the U.S.? Yeah, right now, um, by the end of the year, 60% of the U.S. should be covered by a, a next-gen signal. And sometime early to mid-next year, we should be at least at 70% of the U.S. Well, that's just part of it, right? The infrastructure in place to get the signal out. The second part is having TVs that can get the next-gen signal. Right. Um, you know, the LGs, the Samsungs, there are manufacturers, fact, there's 21 sets out there that have next-gen capabilities, and more and more of the manufacturers are including next-gen capabilities 
into their TV sets. Approximately 10,000 sets a day are actually sold with next gen in it. The problem is, is that's not a big enough scale yet to get people to get to a point where an advertiser would be saying, yeah, I want to look at next gen TV. Um, so it's still a few years away. I mean, but what I'm hopeful about is not only, it's not that you have to buy another TV to get a next gen signal. There are gateway devices that are being developed now. So you can hook it right into your TV and get a next gen signal. Yeah. And then all of the data that we'll get, uh, we could create our own measurement system if we want to. So there's a lot of opportunities there to be to provide the same exact advanced targeting that digital does that we can do right on your screen. Might be a, a bit of an uphill. Might be an uphill battle on those gateway devices, though, in terms of consumer adoption. Well, it's like anything else. We we need an educate. There needs to be an education campaign out there. Yeah. Well, I was pleasantly surprised. I went to my Best Buy, actually not to buy a TV, but to buy a freezer, and I just thought I'd have some fun and say, hey. You, have a next, you know what next gen is? And the guy knew all about it, which I was shocked about. Now, his dad was in the TV business, so maybe that's it. But he knew all about it. And he says what they're doing is they're saying to someone who's buying a TV, why don't you look at this TV? Because it has the next generation chip in it that down the road, you're going to, that you know, it's going to be very valuable to you and a benefit to you. And you're going to want to have it. So we need a consumer campaign to say, OK, we have the capabilities. What's in it for you? Why do you want this set? So right. we have to create demand for it. Well, how much credence will advertising agencies put in audience data generated by next-gen TV if there's no third-party data provider to ensure that the data offers some degree of accuracy? Yeah, I think that that's a great question. Uh, uh, it's going to be clean data, but the bottom line is ultimately the industry may need to look to provide, to get a third-party auditor to actually do the um, you know, the, the uh, compilation of the data and the measurement of the data so people are comfortable that it's that the data is clean and it's not us, you know, we're, we're not out there like some social um, networks do grading our own homework. We'll have somebody else grade the homework for us. So, um, you know, that's, that's the, you know, that's the one thing that we're going to have to look at down the road when we get to a place of scale that we can start using that type of data and be representative of the television audience. Let me last, lastly ask you, Steve, about automation. Um, a few TV groups, uh, station groups, appear to be making some progress on automating some of the busy work out of selling spot TV by building their own ad stacks. Um, are you surprised by how much buyers and sellers have resisted the idea of changing the way that they work in order to automate some of the busy work that they still do today? Well, I. I I, I wish it was moving faster. Uh, I, I think it's moving, but I wish it had moved faster. Again, I think the pandemic slowed us down. I mean, we started the TIP initiative, which is now there are many, most broadcasters and agencies that are involved in TIP to create the API so that one device can talk to another or one system can talk to another. Um, it's been slow, but I think it's got a lot of momentum now. Uh, you know, I, I think where we're at right now is we're getting closer to an end-to-end -end solution. I think the question is the economics of it, right? Because you know now that some of these some of these uh, resources have built these systems, they're going to want to get paid for it. So the question is, where's the economic model that works for both the system provider as well as the seller? 
that allows them to all make money on it. So I think that's what they're where everybody's working through is the financial model on. And I think when that's taken care of, then it'll really start start to explode. Everybody wants to get rid of the busy work, quite frankly, and there's no reason why we shouldn't. Uh, and the agency side, of course, absolutely wants to do that. You know, their agency margins are like, I can't even put my fingers close enough together how low they are. So they're trying to make their operations as efficient as possible. We're trying to do the same thing in terms of, you know, the transaction process. So I wish it was moving faster, uh, but I think we got both sides talking to one another and on board on what needs to get done. And I think now maybe we really start to dig into the financial model in terms of what works for everybody. And then we can go from there. Well, lots of uh, issues for TV advertising to work through. Steve, I think it needs a therapist, perhaps. <laughs> well, we need a therapist that. in a lot of areas. I mean, we, we're in a discussion now with, with another front with Nielsen regarding the inclusion of BBL homes in October. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the MRC TV committee, and that's buyers and sellers told, told Nielsen, you know, you got issues right now with ongoing panel performance, uh, backlog of field activity. Why don't you fix the, fix the foundation on the house before you add another room to the house? We all want to include BBO homes. It's an important and a growing percentage of viewership. But let's make sure that the data is good. Let's make sure that the data is right. You know, the old saying, you know, sometimes it's better to get it right than done right now. And I think it's better we get it right. So that's an issue that our board and both the buyers and sellers are dealing with, with Nielsen. But it's an, it's still it is a great industry. Look at the earnings reports. I mean, they were spectacular. Um, and every other year we have a record year in terms of political. And next year doesn't look like it's it's going to be any different. Um, so it is a an industry that continues to grow and has what for lack of a better phrase, everybody wants but can't replicate. And that's our local news, which is still well over 50% of our revenue and still growing because we're really the only local news game in town right now. And that's what, you know, and that's when you saw the growth of local news, especially during the pandemic. And even now in late news where we're, we're up, especially again with younger people up 45% versus 2019, people have found local news again. And we're really the only provider of it. Okay. Well, Steve Lanzano, the president and CEO of TVB, TVB, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Michael. Have a good day. Cheers. A new episode of Talking TV is available most Fridays on tvnewscheck.com. You can also listen and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Mm -hmm.